0: Hello folks and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. This is not your boy Devin Hine, just Luke Mueller. So kind of as he explained a little bit in his episode, we were unable to make the schedules work this week between his work, my work, holiday obligations, all that kind of good stuff just didn't happen. So instead of skipping another week, we thought it was best to kind of give you two mini episodes. He did one earlier in the week. Now I'm going to do mine right now. So I thought he did a really nice job breaking down a lot of of the same things that I thought and saw while watching the game. So I'm going to try to go off the beaten path a little bit. Maybe a little lighthearted approach to some things. Just so you're not hearing the same thing for 20 minutes twice in a row this week. So let's get started with Devin's favorite aspect of the show. I think and I know. Alright guys. I know that I've let you down. I've let our listeners down. I talk a lot about McHenry Zone, Naperville Zone, Rockford Zone, Profitstown Zone, Jack Heflin, RIP. But I've missed one. I've missed one. That's especially important because, well, we may be running out of them. Big Bob, McHenry Zone, Dean Lowry, Rockford Zone, both leaving, Right? unlikely to come back and be on the team next year. So where would that leave us? Previously, I've said that that would leave us without anybody from the state of Illinois. And I was wrong. I was wrong. And that was bad of me. That I lacked research there. And so I'm both happy and unhappy to say that we will still have one next year, no matter what, in Royce Newman. So while Royce Newman is... By far and away, not my favorite offensive line player we have. He is from Nashville, Illinois, which means that now, begrudgingly anyways, he's one of my guys. So, shout out to Royce Newman from being from the absolute middle of nowhere in Illinois, but hey, now you're one of my guys. So, obviously I'm hoping we retain Dean Lowry and Big Bob, just so Royce Newman doesn't go into next season being my only one, or maybe we draft somebody, pick somebody up from free agency, but... I know that that I failed you guys. That's kind of my shtick being the Illinois thing, being people from Illinois, and, and I failed you on that one. So I apologize. I apologize for that. Now to my I think. This is something we've talked about a fair amount recently, but I think we've basically seen the last of Darnell Savage on this football team. He barely played this last week. I think he just got a couple snaps. He's no longer the starter at nickel or safety. Been kind of worked out of the rotation. Doesn't add much value on special teams. I just I just don't know where we go with him at this point. So we picked up his fifth year option, so he's still gonna be on the team for a little bit, but maybe we cut him next year. I just I don't see his path to playing. He's gonna get paid a decent amount of money. And to do what? He can't even get on the field right now. It's not like our defense is great with nothing but pro bowlers and and all pros at at every single level, right? We have talented guys, but nobody that should really stand in the way of of Savage getting playing time. So I just I don't know what to do with him anymore. But I think we've kind of seen the last of him starting at least. I think he comes in next year with a brand new role if he makes it out of training camp or preseason at all. So we'll kind of see where that goes. But just what a fall from grace Darnell Savage has had. That at this point, seems like the defense has completely lost faith in him and going to guys we've signed off the street before we, we put him out there. So now I kind of want to move into some notes, some news that's gone on since the last time we recorded and some of it's even new from when Devin recorded. So we cut Sammy Watkins right before that, that last game, right, against the Rams. And it kind of came as a surprise to some which is understandable, but I think it's about time. So we we cut Sammy Watkins largely because we had to elevate Patrick Taylor. So with the way the practice squad works now is you can only elevate someone, I believe it's two or three times, I believe two times, and then send him back down, and then the third time you have to sign him for the rest of the season. And that's where we were at with Patrick Taylor. where The next time we brought him up, he needed to have a spot on the roster for the rest of the season. So someone's got to go to make room for him, right? Now, Romeo Dubs comes back in. He comes back to play. Now you're looking a little bit better wide receiver. That's probably where you have some extra depth that you can get rid of. Cut the fat there. The fat in this case was Sammy Watkins. Now it's always kind of sad to see a a veteran like that, especially one that's kind of on the last legs of his career potentially get cut. Um, However, he really didn't do anything for us. Outside to be a great cheerleader for Christian Watson on that that end around that he blocked for, so we may miss his blocking, but he certainly wasn't giving us anything in the passing game. Also, the next day after we cut him, the Ravens picked him up, which is where he was a year ago, I believe. So it's it's been an interesting time for Sammy Watkins. I don't know what the Ravens think they're going to get at this point. You got a guy that's running out there and not running Chris Sprouts and is slow. So, uh, he's got good hands and he can block, but at that point, that's about it. So, kind of an interesting move there, but that also means Patrick Taylor will be on the active roster on game day for the rest of the year, which may be a good thing because we saw both running backs get banged up a little bit, which we'll get into. Some other news. Honestly, probably this next one is a Christmas gift to all of us. Elton Jenkins got a contract extension today. Four years, $68 million, which seems like a fair amount of money, but his second in the league for guards, which I think is interesting. It's interesting that that's kind of where he he ended up. So he's seconded the league to Quinn Nelson, who's a fantastic guard for the Colts, but it would put him in the top 10 for tackles. Now, I think personally this is an absolute steal for the versatility he has and honestly for the potential that he's just going to play tackle the rest of his career. I think he's largely playing guard right now as he gets back to health, but I think his long-term... Home is maybe a tackle. I definitely think coming into the year, that's probably what the organization thought. Now we got Zach Tom, we got Yash playing great. So obviously, we've got Bakhtiari still. So who knows where exactly that goes. But to get a guy of that talent, that's that skilled, coming off injury, even, which is fine, but he's been showing real, real signs of promise recently. That he's kind of getting back into form, and to get that guy for not even top or barely top ten tackle money, second guard, I mean that's that's pretty good. Now you may say that's a lot of money for a guard; it's about seventeen million a year. But the versatility he has, I mean, this man can play center at a Pro Bowl caliber level. He can play tackle. He can play guard. He can play literally every position on the line, which is invaluable and super unique. In today's day and age. So, congratulations to Jenkins for getting a a great contract, I think, for him coming off injury. And a great contract for the Packers going forward because it gives them a lot of flexibility. This isn't quite the contract a lot of people were afraid of him getting, right? If he went on the open market guaranteed, he gets more money than that. Because people see him probably as a tackle. Not a guard, but we gave him guard money, and he was happy for that. So maybe that injury ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise for us at this point. Helped keep his price down a little bit with his shaky start to the year. But long-term, could benefit both the Packers and him. So really glad we got that done, especially during the year. Did not want to see him walk. We've talked a lot of recently about our offensive line depth and feeling good next year. But a lot of that counted on Jenkins. We needed that man back to help solidify the line. To make what happens with Bakhtiari almost a non-issue. And here comes the greatest, I think, piece of news that we've gotten this week. And this isn't a piece of new news. However, I do feel it seems to have come out for some reason at this point. I saw it online in a couple places. And even my aunt, Trace texted this to me. So shout out to her for that. Kayshawn Nixon, right? Our beloved returner, slot man, somebody we talk about multiple times every episode. Somehow, it got past all of us, this long anyways, that this man, this amazing football player of a man, is Snoop Dogg's nephew. Of all people Snoop Dogg. I mean this this is newsworthy, I feel. How did we not know? How is this not brought up every single game he plays? Every time the man touches a ball on a return, how is Joe Buck not bringing this up? You know, this feels like a missed opportunity, honestly. This is a great fun fact, a great tidbit. And the fact that he's been playing so well means that we should have heard this a million times. So I'm very glad I found out, at least. Nixon is Snoop Dogg's nephew. What a fun tidbit. All right, let's talk a little bit about the offense. Honestly, The offense against the Rams is exactly what I was expecting and hoping for the entire year. They did not exactly light the world on fire, but this was a pretty solid performance. I think a 30-point performance, right? We ended up kneeling the ball on the one-yard line to end the game. So I think it's safe to say we could have punched that one in if we really wanted to. This felt like the offense we expected all year, right? Run the ball with Jones and Dillon. Jones had 90 yards on the ground, 36 through the air, and a touchdown, right? Solid day at the office. Dylan only 36 yards on the ground, but a lot of it hard fought, third and short, fourth and short. Two touchdowns, right? Great goal line work. Another three receptions for 36, 35 yards. <clears throat> so I think that shows that we've, we got both backs involved in the passing game. Now, largely, it's still only the kind of swing pass, dump off type scenarios, Which isn't exactly what we were hoping for coming into the year. But getting them both involved in the passing game. Both involved in the running game. Really, really impressive showing by both backs and the offensive line, I feel. And that's what we thought coming into the year that this would be, right? We thought that we'd kind of lean on the running game. While the passing game kind of slowly worked the rookies in and kind of got up to speed. That's exactly what happened this game right our, our little dynamic duo of dubs and watson had a great game i felt you know dubs five catches 55 yards solid day right great to see him back caught every single one of his targets thought he showed really nice hands which is something that we saw a lot of earlier in the season and in the preseason as well snatching that ball away from the ball away from his body ran some nice routes had those in routes kind of whip routes loved that Great separation at the top of his route. That's where he's going to make his money in this league. And Christian Watson, kind of quiet, right? Four catches, 46 yards. But this is almost the kind of game I wanted to see from him. We saw the boom, right? We saw the ceiling. We saw the potential. We saw what Christian Watson going nuclear looks like. And it's awesome. And the future is so bright for this kid. But what's the rest of the game? What do the rest of the games look like? You know, the man's not going to have 100 yards and three touchdowns every single game. Not possible. Not sustainable. So what does every game in between those explosions look like? I think this is a pretty good pretty good case for that. I think four catches, 46 yards, still big part of the offense. Made some good catches. Picked up some first downs on third and long for us. And he felt his presence. I know that's something Devin talked a lot about and he explained it really well. Is the defense had to account for his speed. They played us so soft. And I know some of as the Rams have some guys banked up and missing. But they played so much off coverage. So soft. And man, that's because Christian Watson. They don't want to get burned deep by him. They just don't want it. And it'll be interesting going forward to kind of see how that defensive game plan works out for people. Right, because between Dubs and and even Randall Cobb had a really nice game going over the middle. You had those two pieces in, and now that soft coverage, we're going to be able to eat up. And that's kind of stuff we were not able to do earlier in the year. So really nice to see, I think, the two rookies finally get a chance to work together. I think show both of their strengths. Watson, deep threat, right? Get him on crossers, get him in space. Getting the ball however you can. Dubs, though, intermediate possession, a little bit of wiggle, great hands catcher. 10, 15 yards over the middle, guaranteed, done, easy. And I love that. I love that we have the ability to have those two diff- very different players, but they complement each other so well. So, so, so well. The future is very bright for them. This is a really nice, realistic outcome for those two, right? The Watson train had to slow down at some point, and finally did, but it still showed he can be a useful player when not going absolutely off on people. I talked a little bit earlier about the fact that Patrick Taylor being up was a really good thing for this game. That's because both running backs got injured, right? Aaron Jones got injured, and, and we didn't really know it necessarily, but Aaron Rodgers came out after the game and mentioned that, uh, you know, if A.J. Dillon didn't get hurt, Aaron Jones was probably going to leave the game. But he was forced to stay in it. He wanted to stay in it after AJ Dillon couldn't complete it. So that just kind of shows the the toughness and character that guy has. And Patrick Taylor came in and played pretty well, as well, in his limited carries. But he looked decent, which brings me to a little story I heard about Aaron Jones in this game. So once again, we're going to bring up Kayshawn Nixon. His mom was going to come to watch his first ever, for the first time, to the Packer game, at Lambeau Field. She had great tickets on the home sideline, but it was very, very cold that night, right? As the broadcast made sure mention many times. And apparently she has cancer, and that makes her very susceptible to the cold. So Aaron Jones, the absolute stand-up man that he is, offered to put her up in a suite. So She got to watch the comfort of a suite, watch her son almost take multiple kicks to the house. So it really goes to show that Aaron Jones is not just a great player, but a great person and fully deserving of the Walter Payne Man of the Year Award, I think, this year. He's our nominee for the second year in a row. And if you know, you're know you still looking for maybe a jersey to buy, something like that, Aaron Jones is 100% the guy, right? As good as he is on the field, he appears to be just as good off the field. I just want to bring that up because that those kind of stories – you hear on some pregame shows and stuff like that, but I don't think they get brought up enough. That's a really cool thing to do for a teammate. So shout out to Aaron Jones. Last thing on the offense, and then I'll, I'll move to some thoughts on the defense real quick. What is going on with Lazard and Rodgers? Rodgers threw another pick towards Lazard this game, and it seemed like they just were not on the same page. And Lazard was wide open, right? Could not be more open. Aaron Rodgers clearly thinks he's gonna keep going upfield, throws it way over his head. Lazard stops. Taylor Rapp gets the interception, easy thrown right to him. But this is the mad I want third, fourth, fifth time where Lazard seems to kind of quit on a route where Aaron thinks he's gonna keep running, which is really weird to see, given that Lazard was the only guys with any kind of real experience with Rodgers coming into the season. So. Just something to keep an eye on. It's weird that it's been happening so much, but I don't really know what to make of it, honestly. But hopefully they can get on the same page because I really like what I'm seeing from this receiving group as a whole, and Lazard is definitely a piece of that, and hopefully he is going forward. All right, so let's go to the defense real quick. What a game by the Quay Maker. Quay Walker was all over the field. He looks so good rushing the passer. He got a sack, two pass deflections, was all over the field. Had a really nice TFL tackle for loss where he shot the gap, stoned the running back. He's really coming on the last couple of games, and I hope it's what we can see more of. I mean, he's such a good, instinctive player when he follows his instincts, when he can just pull the trigger and go. He lets that athleticism really shine. But when he has to kind of stop, think, put him out in space, that's not really where where his strengths lie at the moment. But... Nice to see him stacking some nice games. I mean, Devondra Campbell's still kind of MIA. We're not really seeing him make any splash plays. So, if Quay can at least start making splash play here, or there every game, it'd go a long way for this this stretch run. Also, shout out to Preston Smith and JJ Anakbare. Three total sacks. I thought we had really nice pressure this game. A lot of it came from those two. Preston's looked really nice. I mean, he set the edge really well for the last several weeks. That's kind of his calling card. Had a couple really nice sacks, which kind of went right around the tackle. JJ looked good. I mean, he looks to be one of the better pass rushers out of this rookie class, which given where we drafted him in the fifth round is insane. Insane, given that the number one overall pick was an offense or an outside linebacker. So it's a number two. It's great to see him kind of put his name right up there. Uh, that bodes really well for our future with Gary, Preston, and JJ. Speaking of outside linebackers, Justin Hollins, that guy we got from the Rams, he's another half sack. I mean, he looks like if we want to, we could sign him probably for the vet bin and have a really nice rotational depth piece there. I know we talk we've talked a lot about edge depth, and that's a position of potential need, but if we get him, And J.J. and Preston and Gary all back next year. I'm feeling all right. you probably still draft somebody just for the long term, but it seems like a pretty decent group. Justin Hollins looks like an actual player. Also, Kenny Clark is back, man. What a game from him. What a game from him. And that's really all I need to say. Just absolutely disruptive. I know he went up against a lot of backup offensive line, but hey, you can only play who's in front of you, and when you're that good, you're expected to beat inferior opponents, and he did. Also, where's Devontae Wyatt been? Only another, like, nine snaps where he had half a sack and a tackle for loss. Basically, back-to-back plays. Jeron Reed, not, not special, right? TJ Slayton, not special. Dean Lowry, not special. But Devontae Wyatt's been making splash plays the last couple weeks. Can we get him to 20 snaps? Can we get him to double-digit snaps? There's no reason at this point. I know they've talked about him being maybe having to learn how to be a pro. We don't know what the practice looks like and all that, but if he's playing, continues to play this well, he needs to see the field more. He just he needs to. And also, I'd I'd rather not really talk about Rasul's interception just because it brings up how dumb of a play he made afterwards. Do not lateral the ball unless it's part of the play call. Don't do it. Just puts you in a bad position. And can you imagine if after his interception, he lateraled the football and the Rams recovered? And the Rams ended up gaining 20 yards of field position because Rasul was being an idiot? Man, I just I just don't get it. Don't do it, especially coming off how the Patriots lost. They lost on a stupid a stupid lateral. Just don't do it. So with that out of the way, little shout out to special teams. All right, like it was it was cold and windy. And the Silver Fox came through. One for one nine on field goals. It was a short one, I know. 30 something yards, no big deal. But hey, he made it and he made all three extra points. That's not nothing when it is that cold and that windy. We had no botched snaps, no blocked punts, no terrible punts. Nothing. The kicking game looked really good. And Nixon is still awesome. Snoop Dogg's nephew comes to play, man. I mean, what a returner. We talk about it every week. I'm not going to belabor the point, but where was he at the beginning of the year? And will he take one to the house? I think the answer to the latter is, is definitely. He's got a couple more weeks. I think he's taken one all the way. I'd be shocked at this point. It feels like every time he gets the ball, he's going the distance. And I really, really want him to one of these times. Just brings a whole different dynamic to special teams and, and even to the offense, flip and field position like that, that we haven't had basically in my lifetime. So, really nice job there. I We don't have the strongest special teams unit in the NFL. However, they're not an embarrassment anymore. That's pretty much all we need. And last but not least, let's talk about the Dolphins a little bit, shall we? <clears throat> Obviously, every game is is a win-now situation for us. where We've been in the playoffs for a couple weeks at this point. But we may be getting some luck in Miami. As I'm sure everybody knows, we play horribly in Florida. Barely ever win a game there. However, it's only supposed to be 54 degrees on Sunday, last time I checked, which was this morning. And that is the coldest it's going to be in Florida. By like 20 degrees in the next two weeks. It was 80 degrees, I think, today. On Friday. It's going to be 80 degrees by the middle of next week. But there's this beautiful little dip happening. Where it's going to be cool and windy. And 54 degrees in Miami. They're going to be wearing long sleeves. Right? Turtlenecks. They're going to have the heaters on the sidelines. It's going to be a cold, cold game for them. Which limits their advantage, right? Every time we go to Florida, it seems like it's a 95 degrees heat index of uh, 175, and we got guys cramping all the time, and just not a pretty picture. Right? I think a lot of times the, the elements can be overplayed. are kind of overrated. You know, just because someone plays in Miami now doesn't mean they're from Miami. Right? And I have an example of that in a second, but in Florida, it seems like we just we just don't show up. So, it being cold in Miami on Sunday could be very, very good news for us. Even the playing field a little bit there. So, I'm looking forward to that. One thing that Devin mentioned about the Dolphins is they have a Madden offense, right? And he listed everybody, so I'm not going to really go through that again. But that does bring me to a thought. Is playing soft, soft zone the way to go against these guys? Right, They have two speed demons on the outside and Waddle and Hill. Two of the fastest, I don't know, three, four, five wide receivers in the league. Playing off and make Tua beat you with his accuracy? That could be the game plan. And that could work, I think. Tua hasn't looked great the last couple weeks. His accuracy's been off. You know? Make him beat you. And even following along with... With their games from afar, a little bit, it seems like, oh, not much, dink, 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 not much going on, not much going on. All of a sudden, 60-yard touchdown, Tyreek, or Waddle. If you can truly eliminate the splash plays, I'd be interested to see if Miami can can keep running their offense, stay patient without the big plays. Or is Tua going to make a mistake? Is Tua good enough to be surgical down the field? I don't know. I imagine that's the game plan we're going to go with, because Rasul on any of these people is going to be an absolute nightmare. I mean, Jair on either one of them is better, but Rasul is, is not made for this kind of game. He does not have four three four two speed, never has, never will. So, we should see what we do, but I expect maybe some more soft zone. I mean, I don't love that in general, but I, I could easily see what... The case could be made for that being the, the way to go for this. On their defense, right, on Miami's defense, the one thing I'm concerned about is Christian Wilkins. That man is a monster in the middle. Now the interior of our line is pretty good, I'd say, right? From left to right. You have Jenkins, Myers, and Runyon. However, Christian Wilkins looks like he could be one of the best defensive tackles and host tackles in the league very disruptive, gets upfield, not just clogs the run, right? Can pass rush, can collapse the pocket in your face. And that's what everyone says is the worst if you're the quarterback, right? You don't want pressure in your face. You'll take pressure on the edges because you can deal with it. You cannot deal with pressure in your face. Now, like I said, we have a pretty strong interior line. They're going to be tested because Christian Wilkins on the inside Jalen Phillips on the outside, that's pretty strong. And this defense has playmakers at every level, to be honest. Their secondary has some good pieces. seems like they're playing down a little bit, Xavier Howard. Uh, maybe not quite having the, the season that we're used to him seeing, but he he's a potential pro-bowl, all-pro-level cornerback. Really interesting to see this matchup. It's not the kind of team we play very often, and it's a team that started really hot, but they've been looped. they think they're on three losses. Hopefully, we can make it four. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to say the least. And I will end with this tidbit I mentioned a minute ago that just because you play for the Dolphins doesn't mean you're from Miami, right? A great example of that is their fullback Alec Ingold may be familiar to a lot of you, he went to the University of Wisconsin. And before that, he grew up in Green Bay, hometown kid. And I personally have a little tertiary history with Alec Ingold. Alec Ingold was originally committed to play quarterback at NIU, round to school, and that he would have followed in the footsteps of, I think, one of the greatest College quarterbacks of all time, Jordan Lynch. Very similar play style. Athletic. Really fit the mold for the offense that N.A. ran at the time. And I remember when I heard he committed, I went and watched a bunch of highlight tapes. I'm like, oh, my God. This kid's going to kill it here. Absolutely kill it. But last second, Wisconsin offers him to play linebacker. And when you're a kid, born and raised in Wisconsin, you don't say no when UW calls. So he flipped his commitment, left NIU high and dry, and without a stud quarterback to replace Jordan Lynch, and went to the University of Wisconsin, where he then went from linebacker to running back, eventually became the fullback, started his senior year, and then went undrafted, and got picked up by the Raiders, where he was until this year. He got released, and then picked up by the Dolphins so every time I see the name Alec Ingold get little traumatized flashbacks to what could have been what could have been if Wisconsin did not come calling for Alec Ingold but hey it all worked out right I mean he's in the NFL he's about to play his hometown team where he grew up so I'm sure this is gonna be a really big game for Alec Ingold but I'm still not his uh, biggest fan to say the least all right guys I hope everyone has a very safe And happy holidays um, with your family, with your friends. Also, shout out to Vonnie Holiday, defensive end for the Green Bay Packers from 98-2002. to Had to throw that one in there. Just could not do a holiday episode without bringing that up. But as always, Go Pack Go.